0: Well, welcome everybody to the penultimate episode of the 21-22 season, the Forever Bristol City podcast. We're again in joyous mood because it's back-to-back wins secured for the first time this season. It finished at Ashton Gate yesterday, City 5, Hull City 0. Joining me are Mark, Ian and uh, Neil. Um, guys, I'll come to you first. Uh, Ian, just a brief 30-second summary. Um Happy days, yeah. I mean, you know, was it, were we that good? Were they that bad? Was it that there's nothing at stake? Your brief thoughts on the game?
1: Uh, no such thing as a bad 5 0 win, is there? Uh, no such thing as a bad win these days. So I thought the main difference between the two sides were that we were, we had the front three we had, and they had the forward that they had. Um, we were absolutely clinical. If you look at the stats from the game, they had as many efforts as us, they had almost as many efforts on target, but we kept them all at range with closer marshalling defense superbly. But it really was in our final third where we excelled. Um, the WSM absolutely on fire, and it just goes to show how well we can play when we give them the merest bit of service. I thought the central midfield was better yesterday, but it still wasn't brilliant, and um, we lost, yeah. The first, the first half of the second half, if you want to call it that. But it was a clinical finishing. that was the difference between the two teams.
0: OK. All right. Um, Neil, your uh, initial thoughts on the game overall? Well, in the week,
2: their manager, I'm just going to call him Shotter, because I can't even remember his surname off the top of my head, um, described us as being quite direct, dynamic, strong, Difficult to play against, similar to Millwall and Luton, and I thought if I could describe us in any way, it would not be those adjectives. <laughs> so <laughs> straight away, leading into into the game yesterday, I thought, have they got a clue actually how we play? Because if they have, in that first half, they didn't look like they did. <laughs>
0: no, they didn't. <laughs> they did And I
2: know they changed it second half, particularly they took Eves off and pushed a pushed a bit more up front, didn't they? With the Iranian lad. And then there's Lewis Potter, who who I really rate. And people are saying, you know, he might go to the Premier League. But he he decided to just go on a one-man crusade to shoot every time he got the ball from about 35 yards, didn't he? Yeah. The most must be the most frustrating. So, they were they were a bit bizarre. But as Ian has quite rightly said, we, we were clinical yesterday. You know, we, we looked like we were a team that played together. Whereas Hull looked like a team that were complete, you know... Had never played together. Yeah, really, they, they looked like a team of individuals in a way in which we have at certain times this season. But yesterday we looked like a team, didn't we?
0: No, that's. Uh, I think you're absolutely right from that uh, perspective. You know, it all came together uh, yesterday. Mark, what were your uh, initial thoughts on uh, on the game?
3: Well, I thought it was, a, it was a very open game. I wouldn't say it was champagne football, more than his austere times prosecco like football from City, <laughs> and we just we were just clinical. Some brilliant interplay between uh, the WSM formation, Vigneault, Semenyo, and Martin. Martin uh, turnover from the halfway line and then running in to score. That to be seen to be believed. And as my friend Paul said, a cantonet esque finish from Vinyman. That was, yeah. I mean, we'd be purring over that if that had been scored on match of the day. Absolute beauty, chipped up over the keeper, uh, and it. it Sissi were just were just too good. But the strange thing was, uh, um, the second half we 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 let up. We weren't as intense, but finished very strongly yet again. But yep. we were just clinical in we, when we played in their half. They couldn't cope, couldn't cope with the pace of Semenya, and the movement of Vimen, and it was just great to watch. Uh, better late than never, or better never late. Who cares? Back to back wins, five, five, five nil, and despite that, and a two hundred and ten mile journey. The whole city fans congered at the end. Give them credit; I know. they were doing the conger. Some dressed up. Some dressed up
0: as traffic cones. I so saw those two, two lads or people, persons or whatever there. No, it was. Uh, it had that end of uh, season feel about it. And I mean, look. The fact of the matter is, you know, I think, and somebody mm-hmm. can look at the stats. Correct me if I'm wrong, but even if we get beat at Hull next week, this will be our strongest season. Huddersfield next week, sorry. This will be our strongest end-of-season finish, uh, certainly since uh, the, the year Lee Johnson, uh, well, I say the year he kept us up, 2016. It might even better that, so it'd be nice to go to uh, Huddersfield next week, avoid defeat, and then have a six-match unbeaten run, yeah, which would be our best in this current seven-season uh, stay in the second tier of, uh, of um, English football. Um Ian, the lineup—he uh, didn't—he didn't throw any surprises at all, really, did he?
1: No, it was exactly as I predicted. Although I thought, from everything that I was hearing, that George Tanner might either get a place on the bench or might possibly get a start. But my view now is, why risk any of the players that are um, getting a bit better rehabbing? So I'm including O'Dowda, Tanner, Callas. In that, why risk any of them for one game of football? <coughs> you well, well, you don't want to You don't want to risk
0: Ta- Callas or O'Dowda in any shape or form because, as I'll say later, they're two players, uh, to be quite honest, well, certainly uh, O'Dowder and maybe Callas. Uh, you know, well, thank you and good night as far as that's concerned. But Ian, did, they did play well, Williams. Right. They did play Williams for no, 90 think, minutes. Did that surprise you?
1: No, because he, he is, and I'm saying this with my fingers crossed, my legs crossed and everything crossed, he is looking like he's getting fitter. Now, obviously, that he, some people will say, well, about time is, you know, one game to go at the end of the season. By the way, before I forget to say it, you're completely wrong about Kalas. Although, we have got to take a very careful look at Thomas and the 15 other players that are out of contract at the same time as Masengo. It's all very well. Yeah, um, focusing on and pontificating about Masengo, will he? Won't he? Well, he won't. Yeah. Um, but we've got that same situation with a lot of other key players. So it's either yeah. re-sign, possibly on lower terms, or we have to, or we have, they have to go earlier than we think. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't
0: being overly go. critical of. I wasn't being overly critical of uh, Thomas. Uh, Callous there for, for, for no other reason than we have got to get the wage bill down, and we come on to comings and goings uh, later and what the shape looks like, which we focused on in the last couple of podcasts. Really, um well, I'll I come to you, hear, Neil. For... Uh, I did, Dave.
1: Hang on, I did yeah. hear Richard Gould's interview with Twentyman uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, apparently, it came up in that that we were reducing the wage bill. Um, or, or, or we, or, no, we're, we're going forward with the same the same budget, which I find an extraordinary comment. But he we did say he did
0: this. say that. No, he did say that. Okay, he let's did. go. Yeah, well, let's go through the goals. I come to you first, uh, Neil. For uh, I'll give you Neil goal number one yeah. and two, and then Mark, yeah. you can do. Uh, Three and four, and then uh, Ian, uh, you can talk about the audacious, and uh, you can say, Dave, you got it all wrong about Wyman about four months ago. So, uh, Neil, goal number one and two, five and 33 minutes. Semenya, Wyman, Wyman, Semenya. I mean, what more can you ask? Take us through it as you saw those openings.
2: Well, the impressive thing about the first goal was actually that Bentley seems to have had a bit of a Shot up his arse about being a bit quicker in his distribution, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, shot his where? At, shot up his arse, <laughs> and uh, he's he's uh, his distribution down the middle was superb, yeah. you know. That was yeah. uh, that reminded me of like playing Man City at home, didn't it? Did when you, he used, to, absolutely fire out when to, he used to fire it down and the
0: middle, yes, to yes. fire it
2: down the middle and then and then away, and then he's there. I mean, for me, uh, Hull yesterday had a a Chelsea Loney is a goalkeeper, uh, Baxter, and he was useless, wasn't he? Yes, I he mean, was. he was first absolutely half. useless. And then, uh, even before that first goal, there was that cross into the box on about the third minute that he came, and then Martin headed, and then it was off the line. And you were thinking, what is that guy doing? He's having like a Bentley first half against Sheffield United, didn't he? Yeah. And then um, uh, the goal itself, I've looked it back, and I thought at the time. What was the keeper doing on that first goal? Because, yeah, great movement, all the rest of it. But suddenly the keeper, you know, Wyman still had a lot to do. And the keeper's come out right to the edge of the area, far too close to him. Wyman's hit the ball and it's gone through the keeper's hands. Now, good finish by Wyman, but awful goalkeeping on the first goal. Awful goalkeeping on the first goal. Second goal, it's almost like they they haven't switched on from the first goal, is it? Down the middle... This this time by uh, close, I think. Mm-hmm. Keeper kicks out. Close goes down the middle. Turn, boom. And uh, this time it's just replicated the other way, isn't it? With Wyman to Semenya rather than Semenya to, to Weimann. And uh, they didn't learn at all, did they? That first half was like watching uh, junior football, really, wasn't it? It was like yeah. watching plays. Make the same mistakes again. It was end to end.
0: No, it was end to end stuff. And there's a couple oh, of people a great, on, on a great the forum. Save,
2: a great save by Bentley as well. Sorry, Dave. He did. No,
0: he did. He did. He did. He, it was very great, like wasn't it? The way he sprung and uh, took it out. And that and that's reflective, as Ian said earlier, the fact that Hull had 12 attempts and five on yeah. target. That was uh, <clears throat> that was certainly one of them. And you know, with that amount of entertaining or enterprising play from both sides, we could have had a repeat of the five-all draw, which was uh, all of four years ago. I think the last time we've scored five. And as uh, Lisa said on here, our biggest uh, victory at home in this uh, spell in the championship was 2016 with that 6-0 against uh, Bolton when uh, well, a certain... I have to take issue with that. I have to take issue, with that. Is to on, take issue with
2: that. I'm sure I went to a home game against Huddersfield when we won 5-2. We did score
0: uh, yeah, five we're against talking. Huddersfield, didn't we? Well, yeah, you're right. We scored five against Huddersfield at home, five in the five-all draw, but biggest margin of victory.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right, but- Mark, that's the first two goals. Mark, the goal number three came a couple of minutes after that, and uh, Semenyo, this time provider. I mean, he's a handful at the moment, and you could almost see him going to a club like West Ham in, uh, as an understudy to that Antonio, because he's got that similar... Physicality that he knows how to roll opponents now, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, Williams just flicks it to him in the left channel, and he just drifts past the defender. Brilliant upper body strength crosses it uh, with his left foot, and Martin has got it on a plate. Thank you very much. Free nil, and I think Calder had, had a couple of chances before that, you know. And it was like it was like it was it was, it was like playground football end to end. I think Bentley made that good save where he pushed the ball ball away, and. Yeah, it was just wonderful, wasn't it? You know, all three three strikers have scored, 3-0. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then the the fourth, you said a moment ago, Mark, in your uh, preamble, uh, Chris Martin, 12th goal of the season uh, for him, that was, uh, ran from all of the halfway line.
3: Yeah, Hull played the ball back uh, into their own half, just on the centre circle. (laughs) And Chris Martin, of all people robs their defender and he runs through from the halfway line this. Chris Martin runs from the halfway line and outpaces a defender and scores. You couldn't you couldn't make it up could you? Brilliant. No. On, his, uh, on his on his left foot as well. Just strokes it past the keeper into the middle of the net. 4-0 yeah. and you know We're in dreamland. Brilliant.
0: We are in dreamland. Anyway, Ian, uh, I'll come to you for uh, the last goal. But before you do that, uh, any thoughts on the opening four? I mean, I think even Wayne Rooney had said in the week leading up to the game that our forward line is probably as good as it gets at this level, which being, uh, as Mark pointed out earlier, joint third highest goal scorers, in the division with 62 goals. we forget about the 73 we've let in. But, uh, you know, t- t- your, your thoughts on the four goals and then that audacious chip for Viman for his 22nd. I mean, over to you, Ian.
1: Well, the common, <clears throat> the common denominator in two of the goals was a chap called McLaughlin, who was a centre-back for them. And I, I said that our three were slow against Sheffield United. This lad made our three look like lightning because the first... Uh, of the goals, when Semenyo brushed past him, he he had a two-yard start. All he had to do was kick the ball out. And Semenyo got to the ball first, eased him out the way, um, and crossed for Martin to score. It was the same fella that was trying to play out on the halfway line who got dispossessed by Martin, and I never, ever thought I'd say two things on this podcast. Chris (laughs) Martin ran through from the halfway line Score, <laughs> Out, outpace it, outpacing a defender. I never thought those words would pass my lips, and and the joys pension thing, maybe, but uh, not not
3: to do with the score. <laughs> unbelievable,
1: um, and it, and it was actually a, a good finish because the keeper actually went the wrong way and he put it where his feet were, so it was a very good finish. And I think all of our forwards are pretty good one on one, and I'd include Naki Wells in that. The uh, the fifth goal. Uh, Wells to Martin great movement by Weinman if you look at his movement before the ball came to him because you've got to be in a position to play that chip and he was in a perfect position the defenders as I criticised our guys for the other week ball watch so they were watching the ball so they didn't see Weinman make two yards for himself on the far post And the ball came to him exactly the right pace and height. And when you've uh, got 21, 22 goals, you've got the confidence to try that. Quite audacious. Fantastic finish. Yeah,
0: it was almost a bit like that goal. Do you remember a goal Glenn Oddle scored at Watford for Spurs about 40 years ago? He was a bit further out, but it was just a little dink into the top, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, great end end of season uh, for him. And 22 goals, that is pretty impressive and not for the first time in the last couple of months. I hold my hands up and say the criticism that I made of him was, uh, was, was unfair beyond belief because he has always given a hundred percent. So I hold my hands up on, uh, on, on that particular point. Um, Neil, I'll come, uh, it it, it, it is you next, Neil. Yeah. I'm trying to do it in rotation. Um, The defense, Neil, uh, we, we talked a bit about Bentley with his, um, distribution. Um, no, it's Mark's turn. Sorry, Mark. The defence. Um, Cundy, Close and Atkinson, they've sort of worked together as a trio and we haven't been conceding goals like we were with Thomas in the side and we can't fault his effort. But, you know, they, look, they looked okay yesterday, didn't they? What did you think, Mark?
3: Yeah, I thought they, they worked um, extremely hard um, and the, 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 they, they push up and try and squeeze the game. I think the problem is all three of them. They're, they're tall, strong, good in the tackle, but they can be caught out with pace. I think we we still need one one of those one of them needs needs to be a bit pacey uh, and needs to be more alert when the balls in our when we're defending in our area uh, and when you know we, we we do tend to tend to ball watch. So I mean, you've got to look at it a little bit in context. The better sides. Won't give you the the t- won't give you the time to play, um you know go back to the Sheffield United game where you know we fell asleep the Stevens has a shot, don't recover in time for the follow up by Morgan gives White and so on th- th- things like that and, uh, against Bournemouth you know would where, where you know there are several several chances before the ball's put into the net for, for the first goal I think from from Solanke. It's a little things like that that we that we need to work on, but I think one of those three needs a little bit bit of pace in there they they just tend to be a bit slow, but as a team and closer yesterday was outstanding I mean yeah. he wasn't going he was his rock, nothing was getting past him and I think the clevering talked about a, about a new contract, and they should definitely sign the guy on. And
0: Captain, material for well. ne- Captain material for next yeah, season. Yeah, possibly, possibly,
3: probably, probably. He can, he can, he can bollock players in several languages. I think really, and that's what yeah, you that's need what isn't you, in a in a team. Yeah.
0: yeah, Alex Scott. Alex Scott played as a wing back. We're not seeing the best of him there, but he's getting minutes on the pitch, which is good for his uh, career development. Uh, how did you think he was in the hour that he uh, featured in, Mark?
3: What's well, that? Sorry, I'm sorry. I thought Scott, Alex to Scott. Else. How, do
0: you, how do you? I say Alex Scott's being still played out of position, but he's learning all the time, and he's got a bit of physicality about him. But impressed with him.
3: I think he's a bit limited uh, out on the wing, and he doesn't try. He doesn't tend to push the ball on, uh, and you know, try and try and beat try and beat the full back or the opposing centre back and get to the line and cross and cross the ball over. It's just not his game. I think he's got good vision, which would be best served in the centre of the pitch, um, probably in in a in a midfield three uh, or or as a as a number ten, probably in a flat flat midfield three would be better. And he's just there at a necessity. Or he's or he's he's not he's not caught out of position too often uh, because he has played a number of times in that position. But I wouldn't see his future there. So yeah, worked hard. Don't know if he was injured. Um, because, of course, we, we brought Ben Arus on and then, it, uh, then of course, him and uh, De Silva were swapped. Uh, That's so, right. left levers leaves you a little bit unbalanced with a left-footed player on the
0: right, I think. Yeah, Neil, Neil's favourite, a left-footer playing on the right-hand side. Um, Neil, I'll come on to you. Mark's there talked about pace in the back three. Uh, and he's right. I mean, they are quite statuesque, all three defenders. Uh, I thought Atkinson looked more comfortable on the ball. Is getting even, is gaining in confidence. But um, you know, if you look at the players that could play in the back three that weren't available for different reasons, Nathan Baker, again listening to Richard Gould's interview, he didn't really say anything, but I think Bakes is going to end up hanging his boots up because of the concussion. You've got Calas, who has got a bit of pace, although one of my colleagues who plays football to a reasonable standard said Callas lets the ball go over his head too much. And then you've got the banished for reasons that Nigel Pearson sort of didn't really allude to in his midweek interview. So let's say Baker's gone. Kalas and Pring, ooh, would you displace? I mean, Pring's a backup. And we've got Idahan in contention as well. So, you know, do do we, we we're going to sign close and probably give Cundey a contract. What else would you do at the centre of the back, um Neil?
2: Well, I mean, watching watching close yesterday, close has been much better now. He's been in the centre. I think he feels happier there. He obviously hasn't got the pace that he probably once had in the Premiership with uh, with Norwich, but his reading of the game is superb, isn't it? But it's not just his reading of the game that's superb. You know, when the ball's coming through the middle, he's getting in with those first challenges, getting to the ball first. But it's also he talks. He talks during the game in a way in which our centre-backs haven't done throughout the whole of the season. I've watched from the dolman the way he talks to Atkinson, the way he talks to Kundi the whole time, reassuring them, supporting them. And it's noticeable with Atkinson in particular, the way his performances have improved over the last four or five games, just a bit more assured in himself. I think pace-wise, dealing with your pace comment, I think Atkinson's quite quick, actually, once he gets mm-hmm. going. You know, maybe not over the first three four yards, but once he gets going, Cundy's a different matter. Cundy, for me, is a bit leggy. Uh, got these massive long legs, hasn't he? And he he has been done for pace a little bit. It takes him. He's got a bit of a turning circle of the Titanic at times, and uh, he he can get done for pace a little bit there. But this is he's worth a, a
0: contract. He's worth a contract. That when is. you at, I'm, I'm, when I'm you, you compare massive... him, you compare him to. <laughs> Zach Viner, who, yeah, again, is yeah. one out the door. You know, and we used to say, we said lots of times on the podcast, that Zach Viner is a good squad player because you can play right back in a four, in the middle, or uh, in, a, in, a, in a three. I mean, Cundy is an upgrade on him, whichever way you cut it, isn't he? Well,
2: I, th- well, I, think, I think the main thing, David, is that um, Pearson's obviously been pulling his hair out over the course of the season, over what he terms us being passive and not competitive. And I don't think anybody could look at those three yesterday and say that they were passive and non-competitive.
0: Yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, they are in your face. They are physical, but they're not dirty. I mean, we don't... As a back three, they don't pick up a lot of yellow cards or anything, do they? No, At the no, end of the but day. Do, so, but
0: one thing I but, noticed but, ne- yesterday as well, Neil, is that we do just put a little follow through. I noticed it a couple of times. You know, we just leave a foot in sometimes, not in a yeah. bookable way, but we're just no, nothing, nothing wrong with canny, that. a bit more, a bit harder than we were. We conceded twelve fouls against their eight yesterday. So to me, that was uh, that was evidence of. Uh, I mean,
2: I, of that. I would, I would love, I would love to sign close. I really would. I think it's a little bit more problematic than what it first appears because I think with it, you're probably talking about a guy who lives in Switzerland, probably has family there, 33, coming on 34. Is he going to move across for another year? When it's six months, it's kind of easy, isn't it? It suits everybody. You're staying in a hotel and all the rest of it. I'm sure there are clubs. I'm sure there are clubs on the continent that look at closer now and go, well, he's proved his worth in a championship. He's looking all right. Is he going to look for something a little bit closer to home in well, Europe? He, I he think might. it's possible. He might. Possible. He might. Yeah.
0: It, Ian, um, the midfield. Um, Williams and James. Um, you, you, you said at the top of our broadcast that they were good without being great. I think a fit Williams plus one... Yeah. And then we'll start with you as well, Ian, on the shape of the side. Yeah. Like, is it, is it for, will it be four three three, or, you know, the, the same shape that we got at the moment, but your, your thoughts on going into next season with Williams and James as starters, or do you think we need to upgrade in that area?
1: We need to upgrade. And if you look at the players that will probably be going out of the club, we either uh, think or hope. So, a couple of central midfield players will go. King and Palmer, masinga will go. So, that's three. Um, I think we need to bring in two uh, stronger central midfield players. So, you've got competition there. It, and it, you'd be very foolish to rely on <clears throat> James or Williams playing 46 games a season or even possibly 36 games a season. Mm. We've yet to see that and we might not see it. So, Yes, those are two sign-ins of the four or five that I'd make. Um, I think we're going to um, sell, stroke, release nine. Um, so, yeah, that's something we need to do. Just on, on a couple of things on the, on the defenders or the wing-backs, which Scott isn't. One thing Scott has got to address about his game is the number of yellow cards he's picking up. He's well into mm. double figures on yellow cards, and he's got to stop that. Uh, and that's one of the problems with playing him out of position because he's he's not really a defender. Well, he's not a defender. And in terms of pace, I don't think closer is any slower than Cundy or Atkinson. Um, so, but I agree with everything Neil said. Uh, that I think closer uh, after the last six months. And our defence, it's only very recently that we've kept a couple of clean sheets and we've stopped conceding goals. Uh, the first Six or eight games, it made no difference. We were still letting in two or three a game. Um, so that's uh, uh, something that's very interesting because it was around about that time that Thomas Callas actually went out. And I still would say that Thomas Callas is, is, is our best centre-back. But once again, he's out of contract uh, next summer. Next uh, summer. summer. 20. Next summer, 23, along with a lot of other players like Bentley, De Silva... So Nigel Pearson has got to make up his mind um, with them. Do we bring in, um, you know, do we sell them if we get an offer and bring in somebody else on a longer contract? Or do we, um, to quote uh, someone's famous words, do we see our value out on the pitch? Uh, But yeah, midfield is a key area for me, both in terms of fitness and in terms of bringing in the quality. I'd also like to see us have someone more creative in midfield. Now that may be, Alex Scott or maybe Eamon Benaruze. I would think I prefer a, uh, I don't know, a, a Brian Tinian, a Barry Bannon type player in midfield who could. But not Barry uh, get Bannon. Get the best. <laughs> Pray, no. no Barry but not Bannon. not Barry Bannon, but but get but get the best out of that front three. I don't. I think Pearson will stay with the same formation uh, because he, for the simple reason he won't want to change the um, WSM if he can avoid it. I think we need a. Uh, the other signing should be a centre forward. So we've got an option if Chris Martin gets a knock or loses form. um, Sorry,
0: can I I just ask you a question on that Ian? I was thinking this before we started recording with Chris Martin up front. I mean, I don't know how well, I know he scored a few goals Louis Britton's doing and I know I get the impression from what others have said. It's not my view that his dad's quite influential on his career, but having a Louis Britton on a contract at Bristol City as a backup yeah, and getting more minutes because Chris Martin won't be able to do next season what he's done this. It's sort of, and when you look at the likes of Tommy Conway and some of the other youngsters, and if you work on the basis that we do keep Semenyo for one more year, questionable, it is questionable. You know, we could save ourselves a lot of grief by giving Louis Britton a contract and it sorts that, out because we've got limited funds and we always want to get better than what we've got on the field. So what do you feel about Louis Britton fulfilling that need, assuming he's at Waterford now, he's still on loan, isn't he, but out of contract this summer?
1: Yeah, I think an out of contract, Michael Smith from Rotherham would be my preference. Um, okay. He will have, he will have other suitors. and uh, I think, Nigel made a point about Louis Britton. I'd be surprised if he got his contract extended. But like I said, that is one that could potentially right. come back and bite us on the backside. Okay.
0: All right, Mark, let me let me come on to you next. Uh, Ian has said the shape of the side, the shape of the side is going to look like it does at, like like now, like it has done for the last three or four games or the last five undefeated. Um, we talk about needing a right wing back but if we get if you we think we've got george tanner who can play in a four and if we say our key signing next season is an out and out starter to play in that right back role if we play a 433 three, then you've got another and tanner in that conventional right back position you've then only got a perm any two from Cundy, Close, Atkinson, and I'll put Idahin in there. Any two from those, and then you've got a choice of Jade Silva or Pring in that conventional left-back role. That does then free up Scott to play in midfield and keeps WSM intact, assuming none of them leave. What What, what are your thoughts on 4-3-3 over what appears to have been the settled lineup? Uh, in recent games,
3: I think with four, three, three, that that would be my preferred formation, but you need teams that are going to be able to press with those with those uh, with those free bounds. I think four, three, three, we associate more with more with possession football. city haven't proved for a, a few seasons now that they're a possession based team. We're not a direct team and we're not a passing team because our possession stats are, are are pretty poor. We just haven't got an identity at the moment. We want to play three, four, one, two. So that means wing-backs, you need two good wing-backs. Now, Jay De Silva and I think Cameron Pring good enough on the left-hand side. Uh, George Tanner, we still don't know about because of his injuries. Uh, I think he's good in the tackle. But you know he's got to be able to adapt his, his game so that he can so that when he, when he uh, you know his position you know his positional sense and City have, have suffered this season from letting far too many crosses into the box, giving teams far too many chances, and letting a lot soft a lot of soft goals. So we need to improve that. But if we play four three three, that needs to be a lot more intelligent, and we need you know the front three rotating. You could do that, but they also need to press. And that would, I think, would need a bit more energy. You can get the full back, you can get the the four pushing at the pitch, but those midfielders have got to work really hard. And I wouldn't think you'd say that was uh, necessarily Williams and James, and uh, currently because I think with it, James may be, you know, in the sitting role, but I think Williams would have to improve his his fitness significantly. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a there. that's a different thing. That's the, thing. Big,
0: that's the that's that a is big, thing. big
3: question uh, is he's going to be over his, his fitness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what are his his fitness issues? Is it uh, is it his hamstrings? Is his hamstrings on Correct. both on both legs? Yeah. Isn't it that have gone? No, I it's think his ham, uh,
1: Tanner is hamstrings. Yeah. He's had yeah. no he's had the same hamstring in Williams. Yeah. It is it started off with a quad, and since then it's been his hamstrings.
3: Yeah. No. His so you need a couple of it, you. Yeah, so You got Benarouss in there as well. He can play in midfield, and he's an attacking midfield player. So you need a couple of others as well. We've got you options. Need two I think the thing is, yeah. we've got we've got options.
0: We have. But got if you play in
3: three four one two, Dave, you need good wing backs, good solid wing backs. Those players have got to be up and down those lines lines, and they got to be in, yeah. incredibly fit.
1: Yeah. That's
3: uh, and 100%, you need a, our team. have got be, the problem yeah. we got is our fitness. Uh we you know, during games we drop off and players just drift along. That's why Tariq Backinson was shifted out. You can, yep. I mean I saw him, I even saw him for Ipswich against Rotherham, you know, discipline, just so poor. You watch yep. you watch Liverpool, you watch Man City, the amount of work that the forwards do, tracking back to rob the ball, the defence pushes up, but the, the the forwards are running back and tackling. All the time. That's what you've got to do to be a top yeah. side, to be a challenging side. Well, that, again, that's fitness back, and ath- that's fitness
0: and athleticism. And if you look at yes. athleticism, I know we've only seen him for twenty minutes. That's where Idahan just seeing him warm up, he looked impressive. And um, Neil, we've talked <laughs> there about midfield and the shape and everything. You know, I think you know we, anybody that's come in has got to be better than what we've got. That goes without saying, yeah. So. Is it four four two for you, or four four three? Sorry, not four. Yeah, four three three, or three five two, or whatever. What 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 do you what do you think? Because this this gets back to what Nigel Pearson's going to have on his shopping list, really, doesn't he? Because we're not going for clubs in the bag anymore. That's clearly evident from what Richard Gould said yesterday.
2: Well, I we obviously spoke about this, didn't we, in the last podcast about buying players for the formation that you're going to be playing whether if you're buying a right back make sure you play with a right back if you're buying a wing back he needs to be a wing back not a right back and they are very different positions nowadays compared to when we were younger you know <laughs> they, they're very specific positions but for me with Pe- with Pearson when Pearson falls out with a player generally he falls out with a player isn't he the only, the only guy that I've seen this season actually come back from a falling out with a player oh Falling out the with manager. Pearson is De Silva. Yeah, really. Who who is? You know, I thought he was on the bus. Do you know what I mean? I thought yeah. he was gone.
0: Well, and, Nigel and Pearson said in an interview, he said Jay's come back with yeah. attitude. He's come back with the right attitude. You know, and, yeah.
2: yeah. But I mean, and you can think... you can t- you can tell now that Pring. There's been a falling out there again. You know, there's been a falling out with Pring. I'm sorry, but it's quite evident that he's not in the 18 at not, the moment. Not, and according, you, and rather... not
1: according to Pearson. Yeah, right. Well, he was was asked. I always
2: always look at, during the game, when people are on the naughty step, they get asked to actually be on the pitch and run sprints by themselves. I've seen Palmer do it. I've seen Backinson do it. Now I've seen Pring do it. So it's kind of like a little bit punitive thing by Pearson sometimes. he makes them come on, not with the 18, and just you will be there and you will be doing meaningless bloody sprints up and down the pitch. And and that's what Pearson does sometimes. But I think moving in, I think Ian made a really good point about um, in the summer, I think our formation that we're playing at the moment is the formation moving forward because we've been effective and in that formation. But we're talking about all those players, aren't we, that even the first-choice players at the moment we're having to renegotiate. I mean, in terms of a transfer window, and I don't want to leap ahead because I know you're going to cover it, David, but you're talking about the players on the pitch yesterday, Bentley and De Silva, for instance, as examples. Are you going to be able to renegotiate them? If you're not, are you going to sell them? Masengo's gone. You can tell Masengo's gone. He's had an offer for five months. He hasn't signed it. He's gone. So I wouldn't be surprised if Andy King... Get some form of one-year coaching contract because I think that's how he views it. You know, minimum wages keeps him in the club, and he's sort of there. But of the others, I mean, it's massive, isn't it? And then, and then he's got. No, I I mean the, the amount that the amount that Gould has got to actually, he's got all the players coming into last year. Then he's got the three sort of people that we might be fending off offers from, but we might have to take for the greater good. If mm-hmm. a large offer comes in, and then he's got to be thinking, right? Okay, he's got players like Cundy and Closer that are out of contract as well. So he's—I don't it's think Louis, work, Britt- right? Louis Louis Britton's gone, David. Louis Britton's yeah. gone. I mean, I mean that they're, they're obviously trying to sign up that Seb Holden and uh, from the youth team. But you know, I think I've heard that only two first team sc- first year scholars are getting contracts. So, I think Do you are, those
3: two, Do you, oh, you can't say those two are now, uh, Neil.
2: Well, one's going to be Seb Holden, but the basically with it, I think, uh, you know, there were certain things that were spoken about in the stands yesterday with regards to people that are more in no the than know I, than I am. I know nobody close at the club at the end of the day. I, I make judgments based on what you actually see at the end of the day, isn't it? But I wouldn't, from what people are saying. Pack coming in on a one year contract is pretty much a done deal um, on vastly reduced wages from Cardiff King, King on a coaching contract, yeah, seriously. King well, he lives in North Somerset, he always lives in Porter Ed. his lad plays in the North Somerset Academy up at Clevedon up at the hand. He wants to stay in the area. if you, were, if you had a Marlon pack come to you and say i'll i 'll take a 60 70 percent pay cut from Cardiff because I want to stay in the area." I, I don't think he's a bad thing.
0: Well, uh, uh, and you'd have him. You'd have to say you on wages.
3: He, well, he, he, he can pass. The, yeah, he can pass the ball as a utility. Yeah, as a uh, as a squad. Well, he, player, can can Matt, he
0: can Miles play that He can that Matt James game. role. He so, can play that Matt James role, can't he? Because, yeah, you know, and I he's always he's always had a good level of fitness, Marlon, hasn't he? yet? and he's six foot. He, he's he's a big he's a big lad. All right, so, let's get on to talking let's get on to talking about trans. Ian, um on the uh, on the forum, uh, a lot of people were saying your comments of give Calamo Dowder an extension and we get some value on him. and you got slated on there and I said I'd bring it up with you because I got to agree you know that that is a view, but the counter view is nobody came in for calamo Dowder last time. Why would they come in this time? why give him an extension because he's on still going to be on those higher wages. Potentially you could offer him a one year extension on lower wages, but would he accept, but you know, Callum about four weeks ago, Pearson hinted that he was getting back to fitness. Now what we don't want to do is get him injured so that he gets injured on the field. But Callum O'Dowder, um, you wouldn't go for the, would you, I haven't thought about it Ian, Would you, would you still offer him that extension? I don't think so, and I think I'm in the majority. Because most
1: of the people on the forum probably aren't businessmen. Um, I look at it from a pragmatic point of view. We've got a full Republic of Ireland international, okay? There will be someone who wants him. It might be somebody in League One. It might be Oxford, or it might be somebody. Now, do you release him for nothing, or do you hang on to him, and you sell him for a couple of hundred thousand even? Now, it all depends on his fitness. If Pearson's looking at him and thinking, oh, this bloke ain't going to get fit, then you might take that decision. But you'd have to be a lot closer to Calamo O'Dowder's current situation uh, than uh, with a huge... No, with not with no respect, <clears throat> people on the forum are making a judgment. Are I am making it from a pragmatic business point of view? Now, I agree oh. there is a risk involved that you give him... Um, a, another year contract, and is somebody on here is quite sensibly saying, um, O'Dowd to Oxford on a swap deal for the defender that uh Pearson was watching along with the wing back, Elliot well, that Moore. That would be a good idea, that might be a good idea, but you see, you're talking he's about Elliot Moore right? Yeah? Yes, yes, I am, yeah. So if so if um. The and, and that guy's played for Pearson twice before. So that might be an idea, mightn't it? But you you see the thing is, listeners, you can't do that if the guy ain't under contract. Because he just says, Okay, thanks, I'm out of contract, bye, goes and signs for somebody you get a sign on fee. <clears throat> if either way, Callum O'Dowder won't be without a club next season. There aren't many left wingers, and is it the only problem you've got with Callum is fitness. If he could stay fit. I think he, he gives you something different, even if that's only as a 20-minute, 20 25-minute impact player as a sub. I, I think he's another one that suffered from being played out of position because I don't think he's a left wing back because he's not a great defender. But he is no. quick. He can, put, he can put sides under pressure. And, you know, your view on him could be the same as your view was on Andy Byman. He could have a fantastic season and you could change your mind, couldn't you?
0: Might do. Well, Neil, you're one of uh, the people that took, the alternative view but before you Mark what what would you do with O'Dowder now because we've, we've got to the witching hour he's got no money I, can, I
3: can see I can see what Ian's saying is is an enabler uh, I mean I remember years ago when when uh, Darren Barnard signed a contract and we sold him I think we sold him to Barnsley two days later and got Jim Brennan so I mean it's it's been done before but I mean if you compare him to uh, Alex Scott who's also been played out of position Scott's far braver uh, you know, he, yeah. he's he, you know he'll, he'll he'll take take a tackle, he'll win he'll win free free kicks, but I can see O'Dowda Played down the middle. I mean, when, when we I think we beat Birmingham three nil last season. It, it's a uh, it's an Andrews and he looked pretty, he, came, he came on as a sub and he looked great playing down the middle. But that's one of his. That, that was probably one of before. his
0: one in twenty. Yeah, but he's been yeah. In six but it's too few and it's far, be, far and if you, between. And if you keep him, if you keep mm. him you're blocking the pathway to some of the promising youngsters coming through. Like if you take that sort of quasi attacking midfieldery type of view, Benaroos. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're talking um, people like, is it not Sam? Uh, is it Josh hours? Another one, all these players yeah. that are coming, coming through, you know, Callum's been here six years. Yes. He's been played out of position, but he's not got better. And his the other thing, the other
3: thing is, the, 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 his performances don't don't justify it. And to take that step up, the next level, you can't just say players, you know, we, we, he's no good at defending. They got to be, has got to be better at tackling or tracking. And yeah. I mean, you look at the man City's the Liverpool's. They, you know, they do these little tap tackles, this uh, shit ousery, and they take, you know, they they take fouls yeah. in the middle of the pitch. They'll knock players over. They won't yeah. let you get near no, them. He, he doesn't slow does down. He don't do he that. We don't slow he doesn't teams do,
0: down. He doesn't bring anything. And yes, he does, but it's one in 20. We can't do that. Now, Neil, your your thoughts on um, Callum? You know, I mean, he can, <laughs> he can not sign. And then <laughs> he, he, it, 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 let's say he's on 12 grand a week at City. I don't know if that's about right. Somebody correct me if that seems a bit high. But let's say City say, look, Callum, we we'll give you. If his mum's listening, extend- to tell us. Yeah, we give we give him we give him we'll offer him an Look, extension, but it's at seven grand a week. Yeah. All right. So if he goes and gets a signing on fee from another club, it's probably gonna be the equivalent of the transfer fee we might get if somebody bought him after he'd signed the extension, two fifty. So how do you solve a problem like Calamo Dowder, Neil?
2: Well, there's, there's two things there, David. I think I think Ian's on about taking up the option rather than uh, him sa- signing an extension. I think I'm right in that respect. Aren't yeah, i Sorry.
0: Yeah. You so, are So, the, op-
2: so the, op- the option's going to be on his current terms, okay? Because if you take up an option, you have to offer the the current terms. Right. So ah, yeah. If, if he's if he's on eight to ten thousand, so say. I mean, we can quote figures at the end of the day. Eight to ten thousand. So that is you are committing. Somewhere in the region of four to five hundred thousand pounds to have yeah. Callum O'Dowd there for the season. Now, if he's on eight to ten grand, you get an offer in from an Oxford, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. There's no way Oxford are going to pay eight to ten thousand. So then you're having to pay up his contract or subsidize his, yeah. his contract. Either way, it makes absolutely no sense for Callum Dowler to be at the club. It's almost like a Liam Walsh scenario where you say, okay, yeah, you know, we need to keep Liam Walsh. He's What's Liam Walsh done since he's left? He's gone to Swansea. Swansea have gone, uh, and shift him out to, to Hull, where Hull have gone, Hull. Uh, where the, where Hull have gone, uh, and, you know, for, 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 everybody, for everybody that... For everybody that leaves I'm the club. Sorry. For everybody that leaves the club, you know, you always take the chance. I am sure that Callum O'Dowd at the moment, his representatives are talking to other championship clubs. I am sure about it. Okay, and he may well get an offer from a championship club. Fine. No problem with that. But he's a strange lad, isn't he? Because ultimately I think he's about three, four caps off being our all time international cap leader or something like that, isn't he? you know and normally and you normally you would look at it and think oh god he's going to be a true city icon you know he's going to be a legend this is the guy uh, who's, I, i've never who's thought that time. for one
0: moment but um, anyway yeah, carry
2: on. Leg, a legend a legend <laughs> leg not a legend but the um but yeah i i don't see it i don't see it I, he, he's out the door he's out the door um yeah, i mean yeah. what what does he actually bring what does he actually do yeah, well, I nothing. agree with you. It's we we you just Who is who is he? Who who is who
3: he? Who is he? No, seriously. He just doesn't do enough. I mean, yeah. we've had no. young players, they you know, they've had cameo cameo appearances and they've been brave and they they worked their ass off and done a lot more than camp uh, than than Canomo Dowd has done in the last last few seasons. He's had some bad injuries, fair enough, but in the brief times he's played, he's just not been good enough. I mean remember it Fulham. Him and him, and Masengo um, couldn't couldn't foul the guy before he, he he hit the ball to the back post for Mitrovic to head it across the goal for. Hang, hang on a minute! Hang like on that, a minute!
1: Hang on a minute! Hang on a minute! We had defenders playing who couldn't get near him. Never mind. Yeah. And what you don't do is set up from a corner and have um, a left winger and a, a little lad. Marking a bloke who's six foot. Four no, no, anybody anybody about, no, no, I'm not yeah, talking about that goal. I'm talking about. No, talking the goal that I, the guy thing,
3: went you, down, look, down the look, right look. channel. and All he had to do is oh, stick it, stick it, is chopping Mark, down, Mark, and he Mark. crossed the ball to the back Mark. post.
1: Yeah, so the other five goals were all perfectly fine, then, were they? Because we no, did no, let I'm just talking about. things like things that. No, what you're doing, things that. What? No, what you're what you doing is is you're picking on the kid. Now, what I'm saying is, I said about doing it from a pragmatic. Point of view. Right. And and I don't want it to get into like arguing like 12 year olds or we're on Facebook and we're conflating things that don't apply. I think the kid's got some ability. I think he's got problems with his fitness. But if we start getting rid of everybody that's got problems with their fitness, we won't have a squad left. So yeah, sorry, Ian. Let, let me just pick just, up there. One of the comments
0: that Richard Gould made yesterday, and there was somebody commented mm-hmm. in the text messages on the uh, on on the pod just now, is that Gould implied that the budget was the same as next season, but that was with players mm-hmm. on the pitch and getting minutes on the pitch. And I think the inference yeah. there is that we're not going to be hanging around with players with dubious injury records. Like that was probably a dig. Not a bad dig, but Danny Simpson coming in, Andy King, probably Callum Dowder. Certain players you spend more time no, on the tree, and you table. For conveniently forgot Casey Palmer
1: and Naki Wells.
0: Well, I was Ian. It's your. I was coming on to you next because they were the st- yeah. next two players I wanted to discuss. So I think we've done Callum right. uh, to death. Stop press. Ian defense Callum Dowder. Goodness me, uh, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're being a bully, Mark. You're being a bully towards no, I'm, I'm sorry. About, I'm it's I'm, I'm, I, I didn't know I'm I was a bully.
3: Defending. It might have been nine minutes. No, I, I, actually... I didn't know. I'm going to speak to Scott Catherine Stone.
1: Good. Well done. Right. Um, anyway. <laughs> I think it's. Um, I, no, I, I, I think you've. I, I'm coming at it from a pragmatic business point of view. No, that's fair enough. It's all about it opinions, a, emo- isn't it? From, from an emotional point of view. But last season, you might have said the same thing about Andy Vyman. Because this is the first season he's ever done anything like that. Now, that could be, yeah. people could say, aha, there you go. Brilliant coaching from Nigel Pearson. And it could be, right? But, and it could be that we've actually found a uh, formation he fits in. And something I just wanted to add from earlier on, if you're going to play four-three-three, and we don't play 4-3-3, we play one in behind two, what happens is that if you, know, if you watch sides that play four-three-three, so Liverpool, Man City, is they flatten into a 4-5-1 when they haven't got the ball. Now that's going to force Vyman and Semenyo wide, assuming that Chris Martin is is the one that's left up on top. Mm. So you have to, you just, I'm, I'm saying, not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying, is that getting the best out of those players? So that's why I think Pearson,
0: at starting well, next we've season. it was always known that, Weimann,
1: that yeah, Vyman's playing place.
0: down the middle, and that's why he's getting all the goals. No doubt about that. Right. Ian, uh, you first yeah. now on. Two, you know, we've said about Callas, you know, he might go and he's out of contract next summer. So this is a year to get some value out of him. We're all in agreement that Hanoa, he didn't even get a cameo appearance to come on and say goodbye yesterday. I thought that might have happened, but it didn't. Uh, Right. Casey Palmer, Naki Wells. Casey Palmer, you know, two players there that are earning collectively 25 grand a week. Um, I said last week, Palmer going to a club like Sheffield Wednesday with us subsidising the wages. You say, if he don't want to go there, he don't go. Um, yep. so, so, so how do we solve a problem? What, what do you do with Palmer and Wells? What do you think will happen with Palmer and Wells this summer?
1: Well, it, it, first of all, they have to want to leave and probably neither of them would object to leaving the club. But what they won't do is, I, I don't think collectively they're on 25 grand a week. So I'll say they're on, let's say they're on 20. Uh,
0: possibly, 20 grand yeah. each. Yeah. That's each, 2 million yeah. a year in weight. 20 grand a week each. That's 2 million a year for the two of them.
1: Yeah. That, yeah but we gave them those contracts, right? They, of course. Th- their agents negotiated those contracts. And somebody at our end, Steve Lansdowne, said, yeah, that's OK. Um, and we also, let's not forget, we also paid 8.5 million pounds for those two players. So in my world, not the world of an accountant, but in my world, if we let them go for nothing, that's eight and a half million quid down the Swanee in terms of an asset, um, and then you look at their wages. Um, honestly, um, it's it's very difficult because if you if you let those players, if you're not going to play them, I'm all for letting them go. Okay. Um, And we've been very lucky with the front three that we've got, that they haven't had um, very many injury problems this season. You know, Semenyo's missed a couple. Um, And yeah, okay. okay. Uh, Bear Boy, Palmer, 20 grand a week. I've heard 47K a week for both. Yeah, that's what you've heard. But who have you heard it from? If you heard it from Richard Gould, fair play. Because I asked Richard Gould directly about players earning 20 grand a week. And he said, no, less all right now you know he could have been winding me up i don't really know but i would take what he said as being more accurate than what i've heard from someone who knows someone and knows sat by somebody in the ground or in a pub or something like that anyway leaving that all aside if you've got i totally agree if you've got high wage earners in the team and particularly if they're not playing and we're not being successful because let's not run away with the idea we've had a few good results um recently but we've had a poor season and we had a terrible season last season so let's just get that out in the open um if we can shift them it's going to take negotiating it's going to take wheeling and dealing and it will probably be that we have to let them go for nothing to another club but we won't have to subsidize their wages that would be i think best case scenario because for example if someone's got one year left on 20 grand but they know they're not going to get another contract and somebody offers them a two or three year contract on 10 or 12 grand, they might just think, mm, well, that's three years more work. I'll take it and it all adds up to more. So yeah, you, it, it's it. going to take that. Or the other thing is, is as was suggested earlier with Callum, swap deals uh, because it, we're going to need to wheel in deal. Now, Nigel Pearson will not be doing that. And he said that when when they asked him yesterday about contract negotiations with Closer. Nothing and Callum, to do with me. Nothing. Hang on. Nothing to do with me. I don't do money or anything like that. So it's going to be Richard's going to need to do some fancy wheeling and dealing. Um, and as as Lisa just said on there, Naki Wells might go abroad. He might uh, might go and play in the MLS. MLS. Um, Casey Palmer might do the same. They're both family guys. As, as uh, I, I mean, Casey definitely is. Um, they might want to go there. I don't think they'll retire. I think you know, nobody can seem to find a player in Casey Palmer, but you can bet your life he goes somewhere else. he'll have a season where he gets taken. Well, he could, 10 join, uh, he could go and join
0: he uh, could go and join Derek Williams out in uh, l a Galaxy, who's playing. He seems to seem to be enjoying himself the, out there. All
1: those things all those things are on, Dave, right. but my point is we're gonna to have to be very a lot clever and a lot cuter the word. in the transfer Clever.
0: market Clever.
1: Than, than, we were, than we were in the last transfer window. Yeah. And that's something that worries me. Because if Nigel okay. Pearson's, he'll be involved in it to the extent to say, yeah, I want that right wing back from Oxford. Right. I want that centre back from Wigan or wherever. But he won't be the guy that sorts all the wages. And that's, that's down to Richard. So yeah. he's, he's going to have to be really on his toes to, to, get, right. us some, to get us value.
0: So, it's both out the club, but you don't know how. Um, Mark, quickly on the same thing, those two, Palmer and Wells, do you think either of them will ever pull on a Bristol City shirt again? First team.
3: Um, Wells, yeah, maybe. Palmer, no. But can we will, – will they leave? Um, I think Wells we – I haven't heard from Palmer. He's been injured, injured for, a, for a little while. Wells, maybe the MLS – Possibly closer to home. I think the average wage out there is uh, between three hundred thousand. Sorry, and, and when you say million. closer
0: to home, do you mean closer going back to Switzerland, or was it closer? No, closer.
3: <laughs> closer is in proximity to, to the to the US. Yeah, you know, in uh, in in in, in uh, yeah. was he from um, from the Bahamas? Yes, he is. I think isn't he? He's, he's Naki. So possibly, but the wages there. I mean, somebody. I think it was Tomo said they range from about three hundred thousand a year to a, to a million. So. Uh, Drop in the ocean compared here, so he might have to take a substantial uh, wage cut. Similarly, with Palmer, who could sit on his ass. Uh, I think he's out of contract next year, and we would. I mean, he's only going to fetch a yep. hundred thousand, couple of hundred, maybe less than that. He just yep. hasn't done anything since he's been here. Uh, you know, he was, he was, he's been on loan to several clubs and has never been consistent. Never done it, um, and he can't even get. Okay. Even, that's a
2: problem.
0: Yeah, uh, Neil, quickly on those two, and there's one other topic I'm going to cover in a second, but uh, Palmer...
2: All right, well, they're, they're, very, they're very different stages in their careers, aren't they? I mean, Naki Wells has come out and said he's at 32 and he just wants to be playing football. So I think Wells will probably go and he'll probably claim first-team football because he can't be enjoying getting on for five minutes at the end of each game. No. Palmer is a very different scenario. Palmer is at 25, he's at his maximum earning on this last, on this contract, and he pretty much knows that the only way is down. So the only way you're going to get rid of Palmer is not for footballing reasons in the way that Wells will go because he wants to play. Um, Palmer will go if it's right for Palmer at the end of the day. I think when Palmer goes and we look at the uh, financial side of things, I think we'll That'll probably go down as it'll be the worst signing in worst Bristol City signing. for the last 30 years financially. Yeah. I mean, three and a half yeah. million on the guy. And take 20,000. I know what Ian says with Richard. But what is interesting about Richard Gould's interview is at the end, okay, he did change his position a number of times with Jeff Twentyman. Actually, I listened to it last night. And at the end, he said, Well, we've written to the uh, EFL about these changes in FFP and what's going on, and we've made representations and all the rest of it. And he said, Well, when are you going to hear back from him? And he said, Well, we've set him a There are no deadlines, but we've said we need to know by June the 10th when the transfer window opens, because otherwise it's going to screw up our summer. We're not going to know. So these projections about keeping budgets the same, these projections about what we're going to be doing over the summer, some of it is reliant on the fact that there are going to be changes in FFP, and we're waiting on the EFL to actually say to us what the changes are going to be. And he kind of changed his position during that interview about two or three times, So I think there is a huge uncertainty still with regards to the financial side of things over the summer.
0: And the man at the EFL that's going to have an influential role, not only for Bristol City, but other clubs at that level, is none other than the man who got a 32-year self-awarded long service award. None other than uh, Mark Ashton. Richly deserved. Richly deserved. Richly deserved. All right. So, OK, look, here's here's some interesting stats here. Um, This was mentioned on um, uh, Quest last night. Andy Weiman, 68 shots is what he's had on target, 22 goals. That's his ratio uh, of, of, yeah, I think that came up the other week, but that's pretty impressive. So every time he, yeah, every time he had one in three shots, he has on goal, he's going to get a goal. So give him more service. He's going to score more goals. Uh, Robert South Bristol, he put an interesting stat on here on Twitter this morning. We're in the top seven in Europe's top five leagues. Anybody seen that stat? Today, all right, I'm going to repeat it. Top seven of sides have scored in both halves of a fixture. Liverpool have done it 21 times, Dortmund 19, PSG 18, Bayern 17, Man City, Monaco and Wren 16 times. Bristol City, there we are, in uh, 15 times we've scored in both halves, so we're in the top seven. In uh, Europe's top five leagues, and behind us, just behind us, sorry, we're level. Sorry, with Fulham, Spurs, Lazio, Napoli, and Leverkusen. Um, interesting yesterday as well. Josh Brownhill, good to see him get the winner. Anybody see Sky News this morning? They had all the goals mixed up. She was talking, uh, Jackie Baltro, Nothing like what was going out on the screen. I felt sorry for there. Wes Burns, two goals, right wing back swap with Backinson. Anybody think that would be a good move? Yes, no? Any takers there? Wes Burns making a return in exchange for. Oh, I haven't seen enough
1: in play. I always rated him. I always rated Wes. He Wes wasn't a bad Burns little player, he was, was he?
0: Didn't, didn't, didn't fancy him. No. Lee Johnson. No. Have uh, seen what, him what, now? He looks like a Swedish say, tennis player, doesn't he? Oh, wait, he's bad. I'd right. say more
1: Alice of a man. more of a more of a winger than a, a wing back. But hey, you, you don't know. I th- I think he'd be better there than Alex Scott because he he is a, he, at least he's a wide player. You get down
0: the line, Colin. Yeah, he's, yeah, quite he's quite a lot quicker over time as well. That was yesterday was City's 800th win in the second tier of English football as well. All right, yesterday's referee, first time he's refereed a championship game. I thought he did all right compared to some of the dross we've seen down there. All in agreement on that?
2: Yeah. He was, it was yeah. a bit weird. He was a bit weird first half booking Scott for that challenge and then let yeah. a few go on Scott and on. Um... On Joe Williams and a massive descent from their player, where he looked to get, he put his hand to the back pocket, went to book him, and then decided not to. I think he was a bit lenient with them first half and then booked Scott at the very first opportunity.
0: Yep. So, yeah. yeah, I yeah. thought he was all right. He talked right. to
2: the players and right. he? he communicated yeah. with them, yeah. which is I what thought was okay. you
0: just don't notice when a referee has a game, you don't notice. Now, Forrest yeah. and Huddersfield, notwithstanding yeah. what's going to happen in the transfer window. Uh, look at the performance of both those clubs, who we are languishing where we sort of are now. Forest were languishing there at the start of the season, I think, with all after about eight games. That has to be the objective next season, to uh, a, a, emulate both of those sides. And that means getting into the top ten. Uh, Ian, very briefly, that's got to be next season's goal, top ten, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I said something like this previously, but I start each season <clears throat> with with five positions. Uh, five out of 10 season is you stay put. It's no achievement, but at least you don't go down. Um, seven out of 10 is a top 10 finish. Eight out of 10, you make the playoffs. Nine out of 10, you win the playoffs. So you go up. Ten out of 10, you're promoted in the top two. So those are my five positions at the start. Of yeah. every season. Obviously, you want to have a 10 out of 10 season. But at the, I think at the very least, from where we are, we need to have a 7 out of 10 season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mark, your 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 uh, thoughts? It would be nice to do what these two sides have done, both with, um, well, enterprising managers. Both managers made youth use of the loan system that we haven't. And there's been no indication that that is going to happen. <laughs> Your thoughts, Which two sides were
3: you referring to? I couldn't hear. Sorry,
0: does Huddersfield and Forest. That's got to be. Yeah, really and I
3: mean, and, and Forest. I think they were second from bottom, weren't they? When uh, when Steve Cooper took over. Yeah, one point in, from in seven credit. games,
0: as Bear seventy nine has said to us on there. Yeah, yeah, so,
3: incredible rise up the league, and of course, one of the, the factors was getting. I mean, must this be a loan to buy agreement for Jed Spence? He's just been phenomenal down that uh, as, a, as a right wing
1: back, just incredible. But if they energy. go, they're going to, to want the, and, and, off to, Bayern, off to Bayern Munich, I think. Interesting. That's interesting.
3: That's the rumor. That's well, been that's been that's been a sign in the season so much that people think he's actually a Forest player, but he's not. He's Middlesbrough player. But yeah, he, yep. you know, he's, he he's took not over a stodgy team. Yeah. To a, to a, to a passing team as well as well, but they they utilise the loan market and that's something that we don't do.
0: Well, we haven't even uh, mentioned we haven't even mentioned that at all. And yeah, you know, we, we, we're, we're part um, Neil, um, Forrest and Huddersfield. You know, we, we we want to be doing what they've done, and based on the last five games, you know, there's a little <laughs> bit of hope there, isn't there? Maybe.
2: To to do that, it was interesting. Gould actually addressed the loan in his interview, and he did say about the changing realities of the under 23s in premiership and our players wanting to come here and doing deals so i think it the club may be a little bit more receptive to loans next season than they currently are i mean for me to be top 10 we have to keep the players next year that we need to progress i mean huddersfield finished below us last year didn't they they finished yeah. 20th yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. he yeah. he uh he Kept the nucleus of the squad. He got on playing the way they did, and they just for us we finished the season strongly, brilliant. But if we lose a Semenyo in the season, which you know you can just see West Ham, can't you? You can see West well, Ham coming yeah, in fifteen, yeah. twenty million, something like that. He's an Antonio player, isn't he? You lose him, exactly. Then, yep. then the front, the front disintegrate. You know, then you've got you know WWM, haven't you? uh, Andy
0: Vyman keeps his scoring record because he's got 12 more goals, 10 more goals than his best ever season as a goal scorer.
2: If if we are able to keep the nucleus of the side together and if we are able to improve on that squad, then I see no reason why we can't be top 10 next year.
0: Yeah,
2: Okay. All right. It's a big if. And it's a big but what happened with
0: FFP and... That AFL Absolutely. meeting on Absolutely. the t- 10th of June. Okay, um, just to finish, and it's... Um, this week, we've seen preferred bidders and everything coming along for uh, Chelsea, and one was a uh, British businessman, I think it's Sir Jim Ratcliffe, who owns Ineos, the chemical company. Now, I think he happens mm. to be a Chelsea season ticket holder anyway, right? But he put in a bid to Chelsea to buy it for the club for £4 billion, Right? Now this is just my view and i would like each of you to say whether you agree or you think it's mad or something like that steve Lansdowne's talked about bringing in investment right and steve Lansdowne has invested not far short of half a billion if you look at well let's call it a quarter now let's, let's call it a quarter of a billion 300 million He's funded losses of 150 million, probably more than that, over a number of years, and he's built an infrastructure that's probably cost him 150 million. So he's put in 300 million, right? He talks about having investment. If you're Sir Jim Ratcliffe, if you take on Chelsea, all you're going to do is be chipping away at Man City. You're you're not going to better where you already are because you're already in the top four. If I was Steve Lansdowne, and I was serious about getting investment, I'd say, Jim, you can have Bristol City Football Club for 300 million quid. That's less than one-tenth than Jim Ratcliffe was prepared to pay for Chelsea. And he was going to spend 1.75 billion on players. When you've got that sort of money, you can come in and do what Bournemouth did vis-a-vis two fingers up to financial fair play because you've got enough money to pay any fine and you buy yourself out of that division. And if you're Jim Ratcliffe, or somebody like him, I'm not saying the Americans, but Jim Ratcliffe would probably fit the right and proper person's profile that is so important. Jim Ratcliffe could come in, spend one-tenth of what he was going to do Chelsea, and for probably another tenth of that, take City to where we all want them to be, yeah, which is in the top flight, and be a sustainable club in the top flight, like a Burnley, yeah, who look like they might uh, yet make it. So, the question is, you first, uh, Ian, you look at somebody like Jim Ratcliffe, he wants to invest in a football club. City is still an investable proposition, aren't they, for somebody who wants to make a difference. What do you think?
1: What do I think? Um... I think the amount of money that Steve Lansdowne's put in is about £220 million. Um, I think all he's really got to show for it is three quarters of a shiny stadium and the training ground. The first thing you'd have to do is extricate Bristol City from Bristol Sport. And I don't think that would be an impossible thing to do. You just have to have various agreements on who can and can't use the ground. Somebody like Jim Ratcliffe would want to be—he's the richest. I'm man saying in him getting.
0: I'm saying him buy the whole thing, lock, stock, and barrel. So Steve Landsack. could well, get
1: all of his money back. Well, he on, can get his three hundred yeah, million he, back on a check. He, I know, Dave. I know. I, I wouldn't. Um, if Jim Jim Ratcliffe wanted it, he'd want to be in complete control because he, he's, he's the richest man in Britain, and he's, i mean, the two richest people in the world. The, the, the richest man is Elon Musk. Um, if he fancied a football club, that'd be interesting. But he's too busy buying Twitter for 44 billion. Um, and uh, the, the richest man in the world, apparently, is Vladimir Putin. Uh, but we can't we can't have him because of sanctions. Um, no, I, I, look, I think realistic. I think re- realistically, um, why would he want it? You know, Chelsea. What have they got to offer? Well, they're European champions, world champions or Liverpool world champions, aren't they? But they were European champions, let's put it that way. Um, they're in London. They've got far bigger support. If this would be, um, I, I think the fact that we haven't heard of anybody who's come along and wanted to buy it, uh, I think that speaks volumes. Because once Steve had made that we're looking for investment, uh, I, won't, I they'd call it a revelation, wouldn't they? In Bristol, you know, somewhere like Bristol Live, they go. Steve Lansdowne reveals that he's looking for investment. Well, okay, I suppose all football clubs are looking for investment, but I, I'm still not clear. If, if if let's say I wanted to put 20 million in tomorrow, what would I get? You know, how many shares would I get? Am I investing? Well, that's in it. It's a control. It's sport? a control thing. It is it is? And all you're not right going to get con- You're not going to yeah. get control. I mean, I think it, there's sometimes. Um, where Steve would probably give you the football club because it's losing a it's losing a fortune, isn't it? And he must think, oh dear, I've got to stick another ten million in this. And is it's, but that's the thing. Already. But
0: that's that's the thing all the way along the line that Steve's been sitting in ten million here, fifteen million there, done this. But done why would that. you He's want
1: what with. you've got to convince me of is why anybody else would want to buy it? I mean, look, if if you or I had a couple of billion, yeah, we might be interested because we're we're city fans. But why would anybody who's not a City fan want to buy it for the right reasons? Yeah, for the right reasons I'm talking about. And, and once again, you'd have to explain, would they want to buy Bristol City? Would they want to buy Bristol Sport and have the whole shooting match? Would they want to, uh, uh, would they want to just buy the club in the, in the way that the guy at Derby has? Because he doesn't own the stadium. No. The former owner still owns the stadium. And there's a £20 million loan across Derby's training ground. From an American business, yeah. so that's probably another eighty million quid that Kirchner's got to find if he wants the whole shooting yeah. match. So, and th- lest we forget, Derby could start next season with a further fifteen point deduction if yeah. they don't if they don't get themselves sorted out. All pretty right. quick. So, uh, th- this stuff is really—it's all about what's he, it's
0: compl- what an investor's getting. It's about what an investor's getting and what is mega complicated. Because, yeah, yeah, it is. mega it is. complicated. Somebody like him. Somebody like him—he satisfies right and proper person's basis, and he—he—he yeah, yeah. could—he could alleviate the problems that Lansdowne has. We've talked in I, the past I about.
1: I wouldn't be he, concerned. Just get him out of it. Just get right, his money right, back. <coughs> right, right and proper persons. Because look at the Saudi Arabians. I mean, they bought Newcastle, and then the next day, 150 people got beheaded, and yeah. Thaksin Sinawatra got older Man City, and he, he had a human rights rap sheet as long as your arm. Yeah. So we won't, All right. You know, we okay. won't worry too much about. All right. It's not going to happen. But... It
0: isn't. It isn't going to happen. It isn't, no, it, I, I it can't see happen. it happening, David. All right. I let me really ask the same question. Uh, well, I mean, Mark,
3: you, you go. You go back. You go back to um, to Bournemouth a few years ago. I mean, the Russian guy came in, pumped millions into the club, and they you know they 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 knew they'd overspent on FFP, but were, they just did it to take the hit. But then that's a big risk. You know, if you if you don't get promoted but when you do it, but, And then but you Mark, and then you get a, and you get a point deduction. But, but,
0: but Mark look at look at the clubs that have done it. Okay, Bournemouth have did it, had five seasons in the top flight, came down, yeah. they got parachute payments as well, right? And it's put them in a position where it looks like they're gonna go up auto, you know, a less critical game on uh, Tuesday night when Bournemouth Play at home to uh, Forest, but they've got Forrest. they've had enough money to get back up. So they get back up and have another season up there. Look what Wolves did with Fosun. They signed up the uh, agent who brought in all the Portuguese players. They've done it. Yeah. And Steve, yeah. fair play. He's been. It's like the person. It's like but you know it's like putting well lottery is not a good example so like I put 10 quid every week in on the lottery I'm never going to win it but I keep putting 10 quid whereas if you thought well if I put in 100 quid I've got a very good chance of doing it now you know if somebody put in 100 million to Bristol City and no no questions asked and you you could you can still buy your way to the top without question yeah and would we want mm-hmm. somebody who was one of these would we want people like who bought Newcastle running this football club? No, we would not. But there are other people out there, dare I say, even the guys that have bought Ipswich Town, that's the Arizona Pension Fund. I don't know how the uh, pension members in Arizona feel about that, right? And it's not a greatest success, but he's got his play thing. He's acting up on behalf of investors. But, you know, you can still make a difference and get to the top. Neil, just to finish with you on this point, what what do you, yeah, Lansdowne's talked about investment, but people are only going to put money in to, if they have an element of control. And I worked for a company years ago, I think I've said it on the podcast when we last talked on this subject, where I um, wanted to expand and everything. And then uh, 3i were the potential in uh, the, uh, providing the funding. Uh, and they wanted to put their man on the board and they wanted an element of control to dictate how things were done. Yeah, anybody yeah. putting yeah. money in, they do want. Control. I mean,
2: Land- yeah. Lansdowne, uh, Lansdowne at the end of the day, David, uh, you know, he's a businessman. But if you look at our accounts, we're repaying loans to Lansdowne. Okay, we've got like four, or five million pounds that we pay to Lansdowne on loans. Any money he puts, loans. Yeah. interest on loans. Any, any, any money he uh, loans into the club, he takes as shares. We Bristol City are part of a multitude of other companies. So the 38 million we lost last year would have been taken across and that loss would have been used against the profits of other companies. Yeah. He's not going to do anything which, that is going to on, cause hang his hang net on, worth. Let
1: Neil, which, in, are, let Neil finish. Let Neil finish. Let Neil finish. Yeah. But which the, he's, which he's, other not, he's
2: not going to do anything. I, th- I think the main thing for the Lansdowne's is the sports village. I don't think anything's going to change until that sports village either goes through or doesn't. And I think we're still waiting to hear back on the planning permission, aren't we? I can see the sports village comes, boom, 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 two years, then the Lansdowne's exit stage left. I can't see, because that is such a vanity project in terms of what's going on in Ashton Gate with that sports village and the arenas and the hotels and the office space and all the rest of it. If you sell to another person now, they might not want to invest in a sports village at the end of the day. They might not have anything, you know, I don't really need a basketball arena or another arena or office space or hotels and all the rest of it. I just want a football club. So there's a lot going on outside of the club within inside the Bristol sport and within inside the landstands. The, the football club is a part of that. But there's a lot more to it, isn't there? Yeah. At the end of the day.
0: Ian, I know you wanted to talk there about Lansdowne laying off losses in other businesses, but none of us are tax accountants here. So let's not get into it. I I, still think. Let me just say what I was going to
1: say. No, you can't make that assumption. That's what you're going to say. Neil can't make that assumption. No, Yeah, you can't just say he's doing it. When we've got something like £150 million of cumulative losses in Bristol City, we've got enough to fend off any tax bill. But that's converted into
2: shares. That's converted into shares. Any money he
1: well, put in. You just in, said we're repaying loans. He's yeah, there's got, loans, it's on, right, there's loans guys, on the account. It's part, yeah. it's part I know part, there's loans, loans in the accounts, but he's also written off a lot of he has, uh, he's money off, that he's and put, that is put in the right, by turning it into equity.
0: Yeah, he's converted the, he's the share shares. In, yeah, but what are the
1: shares worth?
0: Someone's got to buy out his shares, though, haven't they? No, but that's what I'm saying. Somebody could come along and say, Steve, we give you 200 million quid. For Bristol City. Now, breaking it out from Bristol Sport and the Vanity Project, you could say, right, you can have Bristol... Steve can say, right, you can have Bristol City for 200 million. And for that, you get the right to run the Bristol City Football Club. And you can have the training facility, which is exclusively Bristol City, right? And we have a ground here that you can use. And if you're in this level of football, you pay me that amount in rental. And if you get to the top (laughs) flight, you pay me eight (laughs) times that amount in rental. So so that's the
1: deal. Let me just... That's the no, deal. deal. Let me... Well, yeah, there's cobblers, isn't it? Do you remember what you just said? You give me 200 million, right? Yeah. You give me 200 million and you get a 20 million pound asset. We'll call the HPC a 20 million pound asset, right? And that's all I get. And I get the right to use the grant. And I got to give you. So what What are you doing with the other 180 million? What do I get for that? Assuming we don't go up to the Premier League. You're never going to get that deal. Jesus Christ. No, but you're buying, that's the
0: cost of a franchise. That's the cost of, what? that's like buying oh, a franchise. Dave,
1: what, a franchise is losing 40 million a year? That franchise, what? that's the one you what want do to What do you do me, with the it? Bears
2: as well? What do you do with the Bears as well? There's so many but they, other...
1: But, they're part, but they, they continue to play, at the, that's part of the deal. You
0: don't own the stadium. You buy all right, well, you don't own the bears pay,
1: either. You just said I bought, I paid 200. Sorry, million let me for some sports list. Sorry,
0: let me. That was too broad brush a statement. You say, Right, you have the training ground, oh, right, and the yeah. brand Bristol City Football Club for 100 million.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, hang on. So that's hang on. We've all we're negotiating two minutes. You've right, already I've had your done. bid. Now, all
0: right, look, look, it was just it was just a provocative <laughs> thought,
1: it's yeah. A provocative yeah thought. But Dave, Dave, is very badly thought, 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 thought through. Him, I know. know.
0: Well, it is. Steve, it is
1: wait, Neil's quite right. There are loans in the accounts. There's a particular one for 16 million from Pula, which I guess was used to, and I don't know, I guess was used to fund the training ground, building that. Okay. Now that's why I'm saying the training ground as an asset is probably worth about 20 million. Don't forget the Bears got one as well. So that's, that's two training grounds, but you just said, well, you're only buying Bristol city. You're not buying the bears or anything like that. And you've got to give the bears the right. I think the only way you'd sell it is with the asset of the football club with some 50 year deal that the bears um, could use it in perpetuity in, and, and paying a rent. But I, I, if you said to Steve, you know, if you made Steve that kind of offer, I think he'd bite your arm off your legs um, and all the rest of it. So look, it's not the Bristol city football club. Isn't an attractive asset. If you take the infrastructure away from it, it just isn't. Yeah. Mm. Is it? Think about it. You wouldn't uh, buy it would no, you? Right. if you had you're that right. kind it's, of money, Dave. Yeah. And you're a City yeah. fan.
0: Yeah. You know, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's you're, not, paying, not the tra- you're paying for the brat. You're paying. Yeah, look. Okay, and the brand so is pretty. Be, the, you know, the, the brand. Right. Here's
1: a brand. We finished 17th in the championship. Last year, we finished 19th. We got a load of players who'd be leaving a club in a year's time for nothing that we've got to sort out contracts with. Um, we ain't got any money to spend. And last time out, we lost 40 million quid. And by the way, if the FFP negotiations don't go our way—and please God they do—but I don't think they will, because all the other clubs have to vote on it, and the ones that have kept their house tight won't vote for us uh, as they see it being profligate. Uh, and by the way, we lost forty million, and, we're, and on average over the last ten years, we've lost about between ten and fifteen million a season. Easily. But hey, do you want to buy million. it? Do you yeah. want to? Do you want to buy
0: it? Yeah. yeah.
1: And this season, Sorry, and look, no. and
0: this season, this season, the season to May 22, the loss is probably going to be 20 million. I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's could probably be closer to 10 or 12, but you could, you, you could be right, Dave. I, I'd have no idea. We don't idea, know. But... We don't know.
0: All right, look, it was just. I think. Look, the thing is with investment, it's all or nothing. Yeah, because that's it. It's the yeah, you know, and it's just a man trying to get his trying to get his money back because lands down. He's only got to get we only got to get there for two seasons in the top flight and he could have all his money back, his loans repaid or he could then sell it. And then the brand
1: is worth more because if you do get, and that's oh, why clubs they, buy it because two they or three see seasons, income. Yeah. You two may. or three seasons in the, uh, yeah. Two or three seasons in the prem. You, you, you uh, yeah. Even two seasons someone will pay big money for it because they there say, well, what's my income going to be next year? A hundred exactly. million. Well, hang on, we could get relegated. Don't worry about it. You get another 42 I, million. No, that's, that's the point get, I
0: was getting. Yeah,
1: that was the yeah, point Yeah, if I was you get getting. promoted. But no, the only way Steve Lansdowne ever gets his money back is is if we get in the Premier League.
2: Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, we all want that's that. That's the only and, way... It's the only guys, way he's ever going to get his money back, guys. It's been uh,
0: it's been an interesting conversation on the back of a five nil win. Everybody enjoy. Yeah, sorry, I'm
3: still here. I was looking at an interesting site about tractors and got distracted. <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, tractors. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. That's my lo- You
1: do know that's my local MP. Is yes. that right? Do you know it? Yeah, yeah. You, gave what, him, I you gave him
0: the site. You probably told him the site to look
1: at. Tractor I sent. It, like I sent that, him the links. I <laughs> yes. sent the link Tractors UK. <laughs> <Who laughs> but, but <laughs> I think uh, yeah. Tractor
3: and I'm still tracking her. Dot com, isn't it? And that's what it's called, isn't it? I don't yeah,
1: know. I'm. I'm um, but no, I mean, in fairness, he, he did. Uh, everybody down here is is um, uh, very uh, st- stiffly and strongly behind him. Yeah. And
0: you in particular, Ian. Right, everybody,
1: I'm going off to <laughs> yeah, watch
0: the final. I've watched two episodes so far, or is it three? watch the final bit of uh, Ozark, probably for the rest of the day today. But uh, Neil, Mark, Ian, thank you for your erudite contributions as always. Thanks to everybody that's been uh, listening. Great that almost 100 people have tuned in for uh, what is a real end of season uh, atmosphere. We'll be doing the Huddersfield game. It's a lunchtime kickoff, so we'll probably do that maybe six o'clock on uh, Saturday night. That'll be the last one, but we'll have uh, have plenty of special I'm going to probably still be on on the road. I'll tell you a story very, very quickly. Yeah, David, I've completely
2: cocked up. I've completely cocked up. My son turned around, can we go to Huddersfield? I said, yeah, not realising it's 12.30. I'm on the Cats (laughs) coach. I'm on
0: coach
2: one. You can tell us all Uh, about that. You can tell
0: us all about it.
2: Quarter past six, we've got to be there, which means I've got to leave Clevedon about half five, which means I've got to get up about 4.45 in the morning to get up to Huddersfield. I have completely
1: cocked up God bless you, you, got, you have, God bless you, Neil. You you, you you, you, you're a real. You're you Any event, Neil? No, you're, an you're a proper idiot. That's the words he's strutting for I'm an a idiot. Did, did, did a anybody stay?
0: Fan. Did anybody stay for the uh, lap of appreciation? I'm afraid I didn't. I'm going say, "Cock." No, I was. So I, was I was trying and
3: failing to get through to Radio Bristol.
1: Yeah, I was. I was 15. I was 1500 miles away, so that's my excuse. Yeah, in and you are in Madeira. Neil will be Neil will be live from uh, Huddersfield in Yorkshire, and I should be once again live from my home in Madeira. So God God bless you, I'll Neil, be, for going up there. You're you're my I'll kind be, of guy.
0: Yeah. I'll be here live in uh, in 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 Tickingham as we do, and you'll be you're over in Downend. Martin, I yeah, think, I might yeah. be some. I
3: might be using. I might be making some of my egg boxes using double-sided sticky tape. But I'm open for to sp- my sister, who's uh, who's listening in, whether she'll uh let me pop up and uh, and go to the game together. But she might have other plans. I'm no, I yeah. a lot.
1: To, I'm a lot to put up with. So that that All might right. that might well, sway I, it. Yeah, your missus. Your missus was telling me that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Guys, have a great week, listeners. Glad you enjoyed it. We're going to sail through between now the last two games. We'd be lovely to get through eighty thousand downloads. That'll be uh, we're on seventy eight point four at the moment, and uh, we're getting That's about 700, uh, 700 downloads an episode. Which, considering we're a lower championship side, uh, I think is good. So, thanks to everybody for your support. Have a good week, everybody. Oh, Dave, I've, I've got the culture. Here we go. We're on. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
1: the red red robin come bob bob and along along there'll be no more
2: sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song oh wake up wake up you sleep get up get up get out of bed cheer up cheer up the sun is red live love laugh and be happy what if i've been blue now i'm walking through fields of flowers rain may glisten but still i listen for hours and hours I'm just
1: a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song.
0: When the rhythm
1: starts bobbing along.